0: So, this is a little bit different. I interviewed both Dr. Josh Austin and Dr. Mike Datola while I was in Chicago at the Chicago midwinter. Long story short, they haven't talked to each other for uh, since before September since before the dense biona world. Bottom line, if you don't know the story, Dr. Mike Datola is a really great speaker. He's been big uh, in Glidewell, and then he was basically led up the those gigantic meetings that uh, Serona and Dentsply Serona threw. He is literally, he's like a stand up comedian and a dentist, and Dentsply Serona World was his dream job. He's a celebrity. Like getting to know him has been crazy because I always looked up to him as like he's he's as big as it gets and everything like that. But it turns out he's a human. He and Josh Austin had a podcast called The Accidental Geniuses, and they were really good. They were funny together, and you could tell that they had true affection for each other, and they were really good friends. Dentsply Rona made some decisions before the uh, last Dentsply Serona World, and Mike was let go, and uh, Josh was one of the keynote speakers at Dentsply Serona, and they had a falling out. I'm going to let them tell you about it. Um, bottom line, this is pretty heavy stuff, uh, some explicit language, some politically incorrect stuff. I'm warning you now. I didn't edit it because I felt like it was it was worth keeping in there. So there's some there's some language you might be you might not want your kids to be listened to. Uh, but more than that, there's a lot of emotions. There's two guys that are really good friends that are really coming to some coming to grips with their relationship. It's pretty cool stuff. Uh, not the regular Alan Mead Experience Fair. Before I give it to you, I want you to go check out Josh's new podcast. It's called The Working Interferences Show, the Working Interferences Podcast. He does it with Dr. Lance Timmerman, who's been on the Dental Hacks a bunch of times and is a good friend of mine. Uh, Both, all these guys are good friends of mine, and I think you'll find this to be very satisfying. Uh, Two people who are, who really care for each other, who are kind of making up after a a falling out. So, uh, thanks for listening. Buckle in. It's a long one. It's probably three times as long as anything I've done on this show, Uh, but I think it's worth it. So, let's do it. Mead is a dentist with too much time on his hands and too much recording equipment in his basement armed with an obsession to bring entertaining and informative content to the dental world in a way that's never been done before i give you the alan mead experience alan mead experience listeners welcome this is a special episode uh, recorded in Chicago during the midwinter I have two of my favorite dental podcasters in the room with me in my hotel room it's less sexy than it sounds uh, but with us we have dr. Josh Austin and dr. Mike detola in the same room for the first time in some months now um, seven so
1: months yeah yeah we yeah seven or eight months yeah. first time that we've actually talked in that we've seven yeah, months. That, we, that we've mm-hmm. spoken to each mm-hmm. other after Josh's act of treason yeah <laughs> perceived act of treason on my part. I,
0: so I guess where do, where do we start? I think Mike should probably start with, uh, listen to me, I'm the therapist. It's the uh, elephant in the room. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah Mike. I'll go first. I hope people care about
0: this. They probably don't. I think but. they do, actually. Yeah. I'm. I Well, I'm sure they do.
1: <clears throat> well, um, I had... Um, uh, what, an, what an awkward start. I had... Uh, I was the uh director of of clinical affairs at Dentsply Sirona and w- and one of my do du- I was a director of what used to be called Sirona World and mm-hmm. became Dentsply Sirona World um what I thought was the world's greatest annual dental meeting uh, very very into it very passionate about it and uh the one the meeting that was coming up this this past year um I felt like we were really starting to hit our stride and I was putting more of my fingerprints kind of on it. I, I had you speaking there, Alan, mm-hmm. I had Josh pulled him up onto the, on the mage, on the main stage, um, to speak there. I, I felt like he was ready. I didn't want to mm-hmm. do it to him last year. And, and so this year I asked him to step out of, but he was more than happy to step up. I flew both of you guys out and a couple yes. other funny dentists that yeah, I in knew in May or something, like, and we like, got together and we we did some brainstorming. I think it was on St Patrick's Day, St Patrick's Day, St yeah, Patrick's March, day weekend. It was 17 17 ago. 13th And we went and saw Gilbert Godfrey. We saw Gilbert was, Godfrey the night before, which was
0: brilliant. It was so it was perfect. <laughs> it really set the it really set it the stage did. for
1: what we couldn't say on stage. Yeah. it allowed us to draw some lines, but it was very funny to see. And then we spent the next day brainstorming on comedic elements for mm-hmm. that show. And then I went home and started writing them. Uh, and filming some of them um, after that. And I was working um, specifically with the main stage speakers Mm -hmm. with like Josh, probably less so with Josh Mm -hmm. um, than the other three or four. Mm -hmm. Um, But working with Josh to kind of try to help shape, give whatever input I could Mm -hmm. to come up with a really tight, Mm -hmm. like 15 minute talk. And I go into work one day, August, the meeting's about eight weeks away. And, uh, I get – somebody puts a meeting – on the guy I report to puts a meeting on my schedule that said, you know, catch up with Mike. on a, It was like Monday afternoon at 4. And it's like, oh, good. I meant to catch up with him. There's some things I have to touch base with him on. And I walk into the meeting in this conference room, and the head of HR is sitting there, which is probably never That's a good n- thing. To- not a good sign. Yeah, I agree. And um, he – the head of HR just begins to tell me that um, you've done – surprisingly, you've done nothing wrong. You know, there's nothing – offensive that you've done you haven't dropped your pants on stage Mm -hmm. or there hasn't been anything you've done but um the direction that the company's heading in um you're not you're not part of that vision and um so basically effective that monday at 5 p.m eight weeks out from this meeting that i I was just really shifting into high gear uh finishing it's like um you you're not going to be there. You know you're being terminated without cause. You haven't done anything wrong. I just had a job review like two months before, mm-hmm. and the guy said these are the highest ratings that I've ever given anybody, and um, so it was really out of left field. Mm-hmm. And um, I was I was stunned. I couldn't believe it, and I just like um, I don't know. I mean this, this this had it felt like my whole career had been kind of leading up to this yes, job, and it yes. was kind of the perfect. It was the only job that kind of existed like this in dentistry, and it was kind of perfect for me. And I just kind of was stunned by how you get fired from the job that you can do that you think you can do better than mm-hmm. than anybody. It was else. yeah, you were is a job made for you, basically. kind of yeah. yeah. I mean, it kind of was created for me over the. I had hosted it before, but mm-hmm. it, it was kind of created that way. And I took it really hard, and it wouldn't be. So we left Charlotte about a month later. And actually, Josh was the first person I te- I texted, and I, I think he knew that I was devastated because he actually offered to fly out. He's like, you know, should I fly out? But I was still kind of too too stunned. Sure. And it would be months until I figured it out, until I got back to Newport Beach and got so miserable that I actually went and saw my old therapist. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, it's like worth, wor- it, it felt to me worse than like a death in the family. Sure,
0: absolutely. And I
1: couldn't. Wrap my fingers around it, and and she's like, no, it's it's the same, you know, abandonment issues that you've had before in your life, like with your parents. That's what it is, and that's mm-hmm. why it's, and that's why it's triggered this. So mm-hmm. when it happened, um, Josh and some of the other speakers got back to me and said, hey, we don't even want to do this meeting anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, there was there was a lo- part of me that really identified with that. Yeah, I was like, yeah, you know, f them. I I, I hope I'd like to see. You know the meeting suck you know like I'd like there to just be some repercussions right. from 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 getting rid of me, but i ne- I didn't say to any of the speakers who said that I didn't encourage them because mm-hmm. it didn't it didn't seem like the right thing to do, and it also seemed like a possible lawsuit sure uh, and sure. so i didn't uh i didn't i say hey it's up uh, it's up to you you decide what to do and and pretty much everybody who I had been working with wanted to uh, pull out of it. And then, as it turned out, none of them did. Mm-hmm. And I I got that. It was the greatest meeting. Well, I wasn't there. Mm-hmm. But I think we had put together a really good meeting. And even as it was, it was missing a lot of the elements that we had put together mm-hmm. in March that were going to be there. And I wasn't hosting it. There was a, a Renta host, you know, who was um, – hosting it it was horrible but word got back to me from somebody from somebody i don't remember who like a friend of a friend who said oh no dense place offered offered to people who were close to me that they didn't have to speak mm-hmm. and i was like oh so they actually kind of had this choice and so for me i drew this real yes lo- and, lo- uh, well, okay I, 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 i'm not gonna interject but, okay okay so i drew this line i just drew this line in the sand because um when i when i get hurt i get angry and it was kind of like well we're going we're going to see like who's for me mm-hmm. or against me and i was so angry and so really just hurt sure that and this is awful this is truly awful i mean i can't apologize enough for this but the night before the meeting i actually text josh and i'm like hey i understand you chose sides i don't But I don't want to have anything to do with Mm you and in my life anymore. Mm -hmm. And it was very deliberately sent the night before, which Mm -hmm. was just—I just can't imagine a worse, a worse thing to do, a a worse (laughs) thing to do um, to somebody. But on the other hand, I was kind of happy that everybody was going through with it, especially Josh, who I knew would do he had done really well the year before yeah. when, when we had him in a breakout room. He was yeah. like the seventh highest speaker and he had another year of speaking kind of under his belt on this topic. And, um, and that's part of it. Like I, I, I just did my first full day lecture in like two years and it was awful mm-hmm. because the timing, I mean, God forbid I would have been Start on like a huge main stage. You sure. just had a practice, yeah. but Josh had been doing his reps, doing a lot of Seattle study club symposiums and other meetings. And I knew was, was ready. And I put him in the cleanup, you know, position. And so I wanted him to do well because I wanted everybody to see, oh, look at this, look at who Mike chose for the main mm-hmm, stage. Mm-hmm. Um, this meeting went well. Whereas if it would have gone awful, you know, it would have been, oh, look what, <laughs> look well, who DeTola well, picked. Yeah, to pick, yeah, yeah. yeah. Look, look what happened, yeah. It didn't really go well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the next day I was trying to, like, stay offline and not look at the meeting. And there was a couple people texting me, like, who's this clown up on stage and, and, and stuff like that. But – um not not the huge outrage that I had hoped for. Not the huge um, CNNs covering the burning down of the Venetian because Michael is yeah. not hosting <laughs> yeah, the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, or people pulling fire alarms or, or or stuff like that. And so I just kind of tried to ignore it. And um, you know, j- when I lashed out at Josh like that the night before, he wrote a really heartfelt text back to me with zero anger in it and really yeah. nothing but love. Yeah. And it, it made me start crying as I read it. And um, I I there hasn't since since I was fired in August, there hasn't been a day that I haven't cried. Mm-hmm. Everything makes me cry now. Mm-hmm. I mean I'm still just like I don't know. My I, I, my therapist said you, you came in here three years ago and told me you wanted to be more in touch with your feelings. Hello? And last <laughs> week I told her I'd like to be less in touch now, how with about my feelings. No feelings. I go for back a while. to the other way. Must uh, I I cry the At every yeah. commercial yeah. during the Olympics or yeah. everything in the yeah. Olympics, and all of a sudden this thing's been ripped off where I feel it. And I told Josh, I, I wrote back to him that night, and I said, uh, no, we're done. I don't want to talk to you
2: any, anymore. I, now and that, F you for making me cry. And, and, mm-hmm. and that seemed to me like old Mike. It did. And so I took that kind of as, all right, things are going to be fine. And so I gave you like a week. Right. And I texted you something about how shitty the host was. Uh, and, and just, we, we need to cover this because this hasn't been adequately covered.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: He, he said 15 times on stage. He's the worst. We are doing a live impact, impact placement. placement. Impact placement. And, and that, he said it on day two yeah. as well. So at some point during the Someone debrief on day one, no one said, oh, by the way, it's called an implant, jackass. It was it was
0: so painful. Like, the whole thing was so painful. You kept thinking, was is just, this is this really happening? And everyone it, noticed it. Dude, everyone's and, and ridiculous. it was I, you may not have felt that, and and I
2: figured for sure that your phone blew up because everyone came up to so, me oh, yeah, was and painful. was like, "Who is this guy? Is Mike sick? What's happening? That's Where exactly is Mike? yes,
0: yes. What, what is did, the deal?
2: Yeah. And and by the end, I left. I couldn't be there anymore. I mm-hmm. left on Friday mm-hmm. around. I stayed for Simon Sinek, and then I left. Mm-hmm by the time i i left it the there was palpable there was a palpable feeling amongst the people that i was talking to which were hundreds of people that this meeting will never be the same again mm-hmm. right so you may not have felt a seismic shift in social whatever but there was a seismic shift there at least in the sentiment amongst the people who had an expectation going in. Right. The first time attendees, I don't think, had any idea. Right. But the people who had been the year before and the people who had been at, th- at 27 and a half and at Cirque 30, I think they all had an expectation that was severely under-delivered on. Mm-hmm. And I figured you had thousands of messages. And in fact, I said to Andrea, like, if if I were Mike, I would have left the country. I would have left the country. I would have gone to... Switzerland or Sweden yeah. or wherever your Gruyere cheese factory is that you want to go to with Lindsay and just turned off my phone and right. just been gone during that time to not even have that pop up.
1: It was maybe two people.
0: That blows my mind. I know. I know. That, I'm, well, here's the other thing, Mike. I got to tell you that I wanted to. I think everyone wanted to rub it in, but. They just didn't know what to do. They, I understand. You know, like, like, like okay, do you say something? that's right. just going to f- be more hurtful because he's right. not there to see it. You know, I would have loved to, like, mock the guy like crazy because everyone was. But you're just like, well, God, you know, do you rub salt in the wound? Do you, right. And, and was, no
2: one knew what happened. Yeah.
0: Right. Nothing had been made public. No one knew what it was the story crazy. was. There were, like, three people that kind of had an idea what was going right. on. And we couldn't say – remember, we were podcasting it at – uh Tarun's and we couldn't really say anything. Right. You know, like there are a few people that knew, but not many. It was so awkward. The whole thing
2: was so But I awkward. can tell like I don't want you to take that two messages or whatever as the feeling that you weren't missed. Yeah. Because I can tell you when it it kind of you know, going up into that and the preparation for that was really intensive. Especially for about that two week period. Right. I was doing eight to 10 run-throughs a day, sometimes 20 or 30 on the weekend. I mean, I was just running it over and over and over and over, and especially like on the flight there and all that stuff. So your message to me, at that point I was kind of in full-on prep mode. It right. was like, all right, I have to just separate myself from this. It wasn't until the, I was in the green room and the clock was ticking down and it clicked down to zero and David Temple walked out. That's when, I, that's hmm. when it was real. And, and that's who's that? That's the impact guy. That's the oh, host. oh, the, right. the Rena host okay. Right, got it. I and didn't even and, and when he walked out there, and it wasn't you, it was like I got kicked in the stomach, right. and mm-hmm. that's the moment it was real. It was almost like I disassociated or something. Right. Up until then, and, but don't feel like you weren't missed because everyone knew that there
1: was well, a massive yeah. void. It's
0: true.
1: I mean, I, I do. I knew that it. I knew that it would. Be missed just because that meeting was really different than other meetings, and um, there was a lot of preparation that went into making it funny, in, entertain just different than than any other meeting, and um, hopefully feel a little more like a late night talk show mm-hmm. with education mixed mixed in. There just wasn't, um, you know. I just. Uh, just not being able to look there not being able to uh secretly hoping that at the end of Josh's talk he'd say this is for you Mike and drop you know drop mm. the mic that there'd be like something but that's all kind of just juvenile kind of you know super mm. emotional stuff wanting to see something so i i kind of held that that line where i just told a few people i, I don't want to talk to you i don't want to mm-hmm. talk to you anywhere you made a choice i respect it but um, I can't pretend like that didn't, cr- you know, crush me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then around, uh, Thanksgiving, I think, um, I got a letter in the mail from Josh and, uh, I saw it, I could feel it was, um, thick. It was like, like four pages and, um, I took it and, uh, I opened it and I saw the first line and I could tell, I could <laughs> tell what it was, um, you know, so I just had to fly through the Charlotte airport on my way to some you know, podunk lecture. And I could—I t- knew it was going to be kind of an explanation of his side of the story. But I didn't want to read it, so I stuck it in my mm-hmm. sock drawer. Because mm-hmm. I wanted to read it for the first time with with my therapist. I thought that this will be a good way to do this. and um, But I hadn't started seeing her again. And then I started seeing her again. Then I had it with me, but I wanted to kind of deal with like the other post-traumatic stress mm-hmm. that I was still having because I really had not been happy. I've been retired since then. Right. And it hasn't been a fun retirement. Yeah. It's um. I, I actually miss, I'm surprised how much I miss working and the teamwork and all that stuff. So I got lucky and uh, probably six or seven dental companies reached out to me mm-hmm. and wanted to talk about opportunities. And I've been talking to them. I just been looking for the one that I'm the most passionate about that I feel like, oh, this is really... This is worth doing, and this is something that um, I believe in, and a story that I can tell. And it's got to be a company who allows me to tell the truth. Mm-hmm. I, ha- I have to be able to, to, you know, for better or worse, tell the truth about what I think about the company's products and whatever else. And I had that essentially to some degree at GlideWell, and, and more so at at Serona, um, before the acquisition. And um, but I finally brought you know the letter in. And um, I had it in my, my briefcase, and she said, do you want to read it? And she said, well, actually, do you care if I read it first, and we'll do it next
2: time? I said, yeah, there's actually two copies of it. Because my handwriting is garbage. <laughs> so I handwrote a letter, and then type-wrote it as a courtesy to you I to see. make it easier for you to it. And read then <laughs> recorded it on a DVD <laughs> as well. And then sent it
1: in Morse code, which mm-hmm. that was... Um, so she took the computer one home and then when i saw her the next week we read it together and um and so this was back probably in early december mm-hmm. and uh it was re- it was super emotional and um you know i i was i was in tears um going through it and it was kind of um explaining his side of things which um which i totally got i mean i totally there's no speaker that could have said no to going up on that stage. I mean, it's just just not. It was just the greatest. I don't even know if that meeting will ever be like that again, mm-hmm. but that no, was as great of a main stage as a speaker in dentistry can hope to speak on. There's not many rooms like that with 7,000 mm-hmm. people in there, and uh, the production value and mm-hmm. everything that goes along with it and being able to go up and do your best you know, 15 minutes in front of a, What's almost always a very enthusiastic crowd mm-hmm. that wants to have Definitely. fun, and it's at the end of a kind of a high energy morning. And again, this year we really weren't going to sell anything. We were doing the live implant from the show floor. Impact. Yeah. The live impact. Live
0: impact surgery. Yeah,
1: <laughs> like we were putting it with a nail gun. And it's um, a good idea, actually. So it's it was it's it's hard to do that, and so I. Um, uh, it'd be hard to say no to that. So I I, I totally understood everything that's in there, and my therapist was like, "What are you going to do?" And I was like, "Well, I, I could fly out, you know, to to San Antonio." And she's like, "Well, I'm not sure you have to." Yeah, if you want to do that, that's fine. But but that's putting kind of a lot of pressure on. Yeah, You probably catch me like one time. I'm like rushing home to take yeah the dump on or the something. moment. She's like, "What well, were you going to surprise him? Or are you going to tell him why you're coming out?" And then uh, and then it was like. I was going out to these companies and spending a couple of days with them to see what kind of synergies we had together and she's like, Have you talked to Josh yet? I was like, No. I'm my my I I want to be able my head's still just, you know, a little gets scrambled. Not about that, but about kind of other stuff. And um and then I said, I th- I'm pretty sure he's gonna be going to Chicago midwinter. And she said, Um, it's been a while since he sent you that letter. You know, there's a chance that that he's moved on, you know, and he's not going to want to hear this from you. I said, yeah, there is a chance. I said, but I don't, the responses that I've got from him, and I, and I said, you could tell in his letter he has a feeling that I'm in, I'm in kind of a dark place mm-hmm. about what happened, and I'm not the kind of person who takes that well. Like, some of my friends at home are like, dude, you just, you got let go from a job. I was like, I don't know how to explain it, but it's more than yeah. that. No, it's I like get it. It's like the job. Yeah. It's like right. this thing – I said it's embarrassing for one thing. I felt like I had created this thing and ascended to this, and now it's like you're gone. And it's like where do you where do you go from here? It was really kind of this dream thing where I'm flying enough for my friends to help me write comedy things, mm-hmm. and I think it's going to last forever, and this is going to be what I do for yeah, – And you don't even get to do the one. Yeah, oh, I know.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: And yeah. And you would think, well, even if you weren't part of their future corporate philosophy – why wouldn't they at least have you do this one and let let you go after that so you can see it through, but they were they're, they're such a conservative company. They they were probably afraid of what I might do Knowing that on you're... stage or I don't know yeah. what, but I, I didn't have anything, you know, crazy planned. It was all none none of it would even walked the line very much, uh with stuff. And so I saw her that day and then um that was last Thursday and that's um then I went and got That nasal swab got diagnosed with the flu, strain B, if anyone cares. And then I got a text from Josh later that day, um, a picture of a famous speaker.
2: It was an inside joke. It was an
1: inside joke. He said, I know you don't want to hear from me, but no one else in the world would find this funny but you. And he sent it to me. And um, I I remember thinking to myself, um, to my therapist, see, you know, I know that it's just really weird that we talked about it that day. And then he sent me that. And then, um, but I was just, I couldn't stay awake for longer than a half hour. I was just in bed sick as a dog and i I still don't sound great, but, um, I, I texted him back last night to see if he was going to be here. And he said, yeah, and you know, it's just good to, you know, it's just good to see your name, you know, in my, my text thing again. So I always knew that I, I severely overreacted to that. And unfortunately Josh took, um, a lot of the the shrapnel from how sure you know hurt I was I, by that and of how the people that you had
2: speaking. It's not like you were hanging out with Cliff Ruddle. You know what I mean? Like right. I was the we were the closest ones, and so I see how I was judged at a different standard than some of the other speakers. And I I I, I totally understand. I did not send Cliff Ruddle any text <laughs> going, bro. How could you do this to me? <laughs> I get it. No, I totally get it. And and I've never had. And I mean, I've talked to. There's only a couple people in the world that I've been able to share this with who understand one of them is Andrea. And, and I think to the point at which Andrea is like tired of hearing about it. (laughs) Right. And there's, there's been a few moments. So (laughs) uh, first off, like there's, there's no anger. I have no anger. I've been worried about you. Right. I've, I've understood where you were coming from. I wish things went differently and I'll kind of tell my side in just a second, but there's been a couple moments of just stupid little things that I've been watching on TV over the past, whatever, seven months. Did you watch The Defiant Ones? Have you seen The Defiant Mm -mm. Ones? Okay, you need to watch The Defiant Ones. It's a documentary on HBO. It's like four parts. Have you seen it yet? Mm -mm. It's about Jimmy Iovine, who's basically discovered every music act of any substance in the last 30 years. And the last part of it is sort of his relationship with Dre. And and Dre had, uh, for those of you who are uninitiated, that would be Dr. Dre the Rapper. I don't know if I have to explain that. I don't know the demographics of your
0: audience. I, I, it's probably good that you explained that. <laughs> so the
1: Alan d- Mead experience sounds like a funk jazz experimental So maybe so the Dre maybe reference in. was good. Yeah, to right. so,
2: so Dre uh, had kind of after his breakup of NWA had some kind of dark moments and went on and, and at some point started his own label and it didn't go really well and was kind of circling the drain a little bit. And then he found a synergistic talent that joined him. And that talent was Eminem. And they're showing footage from the very first time that Dre and Eminem sat down in the studio and they just clicked like that. And then it cuts to, like, last year when Eminem is playing a sold-out Wembley Stadium in London with, God knows, I don't know, 80,000 people or whatever, and Dre comes out and does a little bit with Eminem at Eminem's show. And Andrea looks at me while we're watching this, and she can tell I'm kind of, I mean, i kind of teared in the eye and she's like, what the hell's wrong with you? And I was like, that was supposed to be me and Mike! <laughs> you know, like, that that just brought all of, like, you were Dre and I was Eminem, and this was, like, we were supposed to have a whole career together, and then this happened, and then another one happened actually a couple of weeks ago and it 's so stupid and nerdy that I hesitate to bring it up for fear i 'll never get late again, but I think Andrea is already mm-hmm. too late we're just she's in mid, for opinion yeah. for a pound yeah. um, Alan introduced me to a podcast called um worlds and it's it sort of kind of has a sci fi tilt to it and mm-hmm. it 's very short twenty thirty minute kind of mm-hmm. produced stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had one that was Harry Potter centric, and I mm-hmm. happen to be—I'm like Alan; I'm a Harry Potter fan. Um, I know that makes me the coolest guy yeah, uh, yeah, in we'll the room. But for sure. they were talking at some point about—I uh, don't know how familiar you are—but the Sorting Hat sort of sorts the kids into the houses based on their traits and characteristics. And it—I oh, talk- do remember this. Yeah. It talked about um, there's a house called Hufflepuff, and their biggest trait is loyalty, mm-hmm. and that they will fall on the sword for their friends. And then it talked about Slytherin, which is always like the bad guys in all the books. It's always yep. the bad guys. Yep. And their biggest trait is that they are cunning and that they are cal- cold and calculating. And so that sort of dichotomy right next to each other are, holy shit, you're not a Hufflepuff. You're not a loyal person. You're a Slytherin because you stepped over Mike's dead body to get on the main stage at, at Sorona World. And so I've had some sort of moments like that where I've, really felt like shit about myself questioning did I do the right thing or not and right. so I, I want you to know that this has been like for the last seven months it's been on my mind and so my side of the story is, is that I got the text one day I mean I remember it was like a Monday after or no it wasn't a Monday it was later on than that but it was a few days after you had gone to the PGA Championship it was in Charlotte yeah PGA Championship right. was in Charlotte that's what I was doing to and you actually sent me a little myself. swag bag Oh, that's right. With yeah. a handwritten note. And, um, God, this sounds so gay. Oh, that's so weird. This sounds so gay. I
1: forgot my anger.
2: Yeah, yeah. My, it took a while for the anger to kick in. I thought yeah, it was no, immediate. It wasn't. Right. No, I it forgot wasn't. Because we were in contact for a little yeah. bit. And you sent me a little swag bag with a little handwritten note that said, I think, J&A. Oh, 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 that
1: was after I fired, but that was before the meeting.
2: Okay. Yeah, okay. Hope all is well, whatever. Um, see you soon. Mike. Um, and I still have that note and God, this sounds so gay is, is I actually have it like in a little stack of stuff to frame, to put in my office so that i never forget. Like if we never talked again, like what the consequences of my actions could be, Mm -hmm. right? Um, so the whole thing goes down. You tell me, we sort of have the conversation. Should I quit? Should I not quit? And I think if I remember correctly, your text to me was you do what you need to do. I'll support you either way. Yeah. And so at some point... I meant that when I wrote it. Right. And I understand. And I know kind of... I mean, you, you use the term PTSD, and I think I've kind of had the same sort of thing over the last mm-hmm. seven months mm-hmm. uh, f- from a different standpoint, and obviously not a life-changing standpoint right. from a monetarily right. standpoint and career standpoint, but personally. Right. And so you know, we, we had some talks, and we were still in contact. And in fact, you, the last funny thing you ever sent me was you had gone for a bike ride. And you found some intersection yes. off in, the, in the way off in the hills of North Carolina where two roads intersection. The one street was named Austin and the other street was gay. Yeah. And <laughs> you sent me, you sent me that text and that was the last funny you should thing build you, your, you, you sent me. You should build me. your next house. Here. Yeah, yeah exactly. I found a corner for you. Um, and so then, you know, at some point I got an email from, I don't remember the lady's name, whoever the right. Ingo secretary was, that Ingo wants to have a call with you. Right. And during that call, I think you even told me about that. And I said, "Should I take the call or not?" Um, and so I took the call, and and the call was, I you know, you sort of alluded to that we were given a choice, right? That's how what, I heard it all secondhand, right? Sure, and and I didn't quite perceive it as a choice. I perceived it as, and Ingo for. I mean, no one here knows Ingo. I would, no one listening to this knows Ingo. But Ingo's a German guy. And I don't, English is, I'm guessing his second language, mm-hmm. has a German accent. You know, I mean, its it's not as if it was conversing with somebody who you can intimately understand their subtext from. But the sort of what I picked up from him was, it wasn't necessarily if you pull out, we're going to sue you. It was if you pull out, this is going to be really bad for us. But you could do it if you wanted to. And it wasn't a – I didn't find – it was – I did not perceive it or read the situation as a formal invitation to back out. Right. I perceived it as if you do, if you do pull out, we are going to have a lot of work to do and this is going to be really bad for us. But whatever right. is kind of what it was. And I had, I had several thoughts that went through my mind. I mean first and foremost was I wanted to be loyal to you. I mean right. I, I understood that. <laughs> But I also kn- knew that there were other things afoot. One of them being, and this is you can t- you can tell me this is stupid or not stupid. I don't know. I'm not experienced enough in the world to know. But Dent Run is a decent advertiser with Dental Economics, and if someone, if somehow it got crossed between the two, that I had screwed over their meeting and and said f you, I'm out of here, right. and they pulled advertising from Dental Economics, I would get fired from Dental right. Economics. Um, and then the second thing is, is that that Terry Kittleston is sponsoring about four lectures I'm doing this year to places that couldn't wouldn't be able to do the lecture without right. their support. And so all the one of the thoughts that went through my head, as stupid as this is, was a lady named Holly Bergen in Riadosa, New Mexico, at the Eastern New Mexico Dental Convention, who I literally worked with for two months to try to line up the sponsors to make her meeting happen. And I just thought not that you're less important than her, but it was like all the people downstream from this, that right. this could affect. Um, and, and, you know, I mean the the stage thing and all that, like, I, I'm not going to tell you it wasn't intoxicating to be up there, but it wasn't the same. If it would have been you introducing I get me it. I get it. and you at the end of the deal. Right. And, and I told myself, I had already told myself, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to make Mike proud of this. Right. And I'm going to do is best of a job as I fucking can do and I I distinctly remember being up and normally I don't remember things like that but I remember a few things number one is being up there on that number one being in the green room which stupidly in the green room is backstage you you can't see anything out but they have a tv monitor in the green room that shows you the house cameras so you can see how many freaking people are in that room it's the stupidest There's no reason to have that. Take that monitor out. All you're doing is freaking all of us out. Mm-hmm. So, David Temple walks out. I remember that moment of seeing David Temple walk out and just being like, oh, "God, this is this sucks. This is not this is not what this was supposed to be." Mm-hmm. I remember they pull you up. They pulled me up and to have me stand just off stage during Neil Patel doing whatever phase of the surgery, so that if he perfed a buckle plate or something, they, they could just bring you out. And so I remember having to stand up there for right. like 20 minutes while Neil Patel did his thing. And first off, I mean, before we go off anymore, I need just, we've talked about it, mm-hmm. huge props to Neil Patel. Holy God. Oh, love that guy. For doing yeah. a live freaking extraction, graft, implant, and provisionalization in That's front right. of eight thousand people, which is part of what I thought was going to make it kind of the greatest.
1: Um, media. It was kind of NASCARy. Let's see what happens. Absolutely, right. love that was, guy,
2: and I, he handled it
0: superbly. He, he killed it. He was all over it. And what's really, he made it look easy. Yeah. He did. And and everyone was like, "Well, that was an easy surgery." But you know what? No, Could there's you no do it? easy surgery Could you do in, front, do it in of 8, front of seven thousand. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that was insanely good. I mean, and it it couldn't have been any smoother. It really couldn't. have And been.
2: so I remember ad-libbing my opening joke back in that 20 minutes while I'm staying back there. Cause Neil Patel wears this all black, strange all looking, black? all black yeah. lab coat, all black gloves, all black mask. Yeah. And his lab coat is a very Harry Potter esque kind of look to it. Mm-hmm. And so my initial joke or what my initial line was, I mean, this is, this sounds so hacky. My initial line was, Hey, now hello and welcome to dense place world as an homage. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Neil Patel comes out, and he looks like he's from The Matrix. And so I ad-libbed it on, on the spot to, uh, does anybody think that Neil Patel went to dental school at Hogwarts? Um, and and it crushed. And I did the deal. And I distinctly remember being on stage and looking down in the front row, and I remember seeing three people. I remember seeing Sloven, I remember seeing Augens. And you'll love this. I remember seeing Jennifer Chevalier. Mm-hmm. Of course you did. And I... <laughs> I tried not to look at Jennifer um, as much as, as we love Jennifer, uh, but that entire time I was looking at Sloven and Augens um, and knowing that they knew I was your guy. And I am going to show them what they are missing out on with every Dentsplice. I, I don't think they there. knew you were my guy. I, Ingo knew. Oh, yeah, he did. So I don't know as if it ever made, up, made it up to them uh, or not. Right. But in my mind they were responsible for you and they knew that I was your boy and I was going to prove that they made a huge mistake
1: well don't forget during the summer they wanted to kick you off yeah. because they saw you were doing a lecture on digital right. scanning for 3 a.m. which so did not end up s- happening <laughs> well i think i th- thank god but at the time i was right. having to make this yeah. argument and saying um no he's he's on there but but you know, Jeff Sloven and Michael Oggins never. Thankfully, one of the things I liked about that job was not having to sure. clear stuff with them. You know, I mean, I was, it, I got to, it was all, it was a hundred percent designed by me. I didn't have to clear anything. I didn't have to clear the videos or anything else. I can't work with a lot of interference like that, and it's one of the
2: things why it was, why it was so great. And why, come to find out, a week and a half later, they were dead men walking anyway. Yeah. They were gone a week after the – or two weeks after the meeting, whatever it was. So – but I had created in my head that they were the enemy. Right. And, and so, um, you know, I, I – I, I So did. had the board of directors, as it turns out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't alone. Uh, and a lot so of
1: reshaping I, there. Yeah, here I felt like I was being – Singled out. Yeah, like, like my head yeah. was, was on the guillotine. You're the first, yeah, you were the – I got, yeah, I just just got the the thrown first off. I got kicked <laughs> off the ship, and I'm floating in the ocean – and a couple of weeks later, I'm watching it, going, "Oh, it's heading right." The Titanic's heading right for that iceberg. Yeah, <laughs> I got
2: off before the yeah. kind of
1: before the collision. You had a but lot, I, lot of company. I there. mean,
2: I did. I, I, I tried, and I I think I did as good as I could have done. And I, I came off stage, and my phone was on the couch in the green room. I picked it up, and the first thing I saw was a message from Alan, and it said, "Dude, you're crushing it." Um, and I literally had 40 or 50 text messages. Um, I'm sure you Instagram. Did, yeah. Twenty or thirty DMs on Instagram, Facebook messages, Facebook friend requests. Um, I mean, it was the the feedback was instantaneous, and I and I knew immediately when I walked off stage. I I yeah, you can yeah, you know, I could just tell you know while it's happening, right? But here's the thing, and I and I know I got more texts
1: about how good you did, really, than texts about we wish you were here hosting. Yeah, (laughs) which added fuel. (laughs) But you know, feel, you but, I, but I was so happy for you, and I'm really glad in retrospect that you didn't miss that moment of getting to speak to a group
2: that big. It may never happen again in dentistry. No, it won't. But that's the. I think the point is that's not the moment I wanted. The moment I, I wanted was you introducing right. me, not that hack.
1: And I didn't realize that until afterwards. Until I got yeah. your letter, sure. I didn't realize that. I was just focusing on my loss and and not that. Because I kind of already knew how I was going to introduce you and what I was going to say afterwards. And it was going to be fun and it was hopefully going to be a moment. But I didn't. I focused so much on that that I I didn't even.
2: Yeah, I was. I I didn't stop to think about it. And I I don't mean to try to like. I'm not trying to like one up you with. But I'm just kind of telling you what I felt for the last yeah, year. Yeah. you had it. You had the harder road. There's no doubt about it. I, you know, I get that. But I also want you to understand that that generally speaking, not a day goes by that they don't think about you, right? And and hope that you're okay, right? And even to the point of I'm getting there, checking with Lindsay every once in a while, like, right. hey, I'm just making sure Mike's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, is there substances involved, or is there? Yes. Is he in it? <laughs> is is there? is there substances evolved to a point that there's a huge problem right. is there you know like is Mike going to do something drastic that is irreversible you know no those, he's too much of a chicken that's that's what i worried about i was worried about you thank you but what did my letter what was the last line of my letter do you remember it's in my hotel room
1: is it laminated um, one of the copies <laughs> The other one,
2: um, I can. I mean, I remember it. i other one I I'm posting on my website. No, I don't remember the last. Like I love one. you like a brother. Oh, okay, and it's true, and it, and I w- always will.
1: I love you too. Thanks, bro. And um, I, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it was that separation was not anything that that made me feel better holding on to this. I understand holding on to this
2: right. this anger. And, but um, you needed to grieve your way, mm-hmm. and that was that's okay, as long as you're not hurting yourself.
1: No, well, I had I literally had acid reflux for five and a half months, <laughs> every day. Yeah. I mean, the physical manifestations of what it did to me, mm-hmm. um, and not being able to sleep, and just being, I'd go out for these long bike rides. Nothing could distract me enough from yeah, enough yeah. from this this pain inside that was so much more to me than like losing a job. It was I lost my identity. I lost yeah. I, lo- I lost like uh, uh I don't it was just it it was kind of devastating and I think it will be until I throw my that's why I think I need to throw myself into something else mm-hmm. and start producing something again. Hopefully yeah, I kind of missed when I was at Denseplace Verona. I mean, it was I call it my dream job a lot of times, but there was things that I missed and it was producing some of the stuff that we did at Glidewell, Mm -hmm. some of the stuff that I did when I was at Glidewell, like the clinical content and stuff like that, stuff that ended up being good for lectures. And that's kind of my hope is that with this next opportunity that I can start getting back into what I really was fulfilled doing and that was kind of producing that kind of clinical content, an ongoing kind of show, something like, like the Chairside Live show and be able to do something like that again, and there's a couple. And there was a plan for doing that
2: at Dentspy Serona, but it never materialized on the Oh, they were
1: recorded and never released. And never oh, made wow. it. And, and never released. Still that out. was due to corporate compliance having to look at them and mm-hmm. just too much. No, you can't. you shouldn't really joke about alcohol like that or whatever, mm-hmm. talking about like a Chicago midwinter meeting or something like that. So it was the kind of interfering that made it that made it less fun as opposed to a glide. Well, like when you came out and hosted Chairside live, there's really no script per mm-hmm. se. You mm-hmm. just kind of do it, do a case of the week, do the news stories. And two days later it, it gets released. And that's what I think we love about podcasting. is not, not having filters and things like that. So, mm-hmm. <coughs> sorry, <clears throat> I think until I start something like that, again, that's going to help the healing, but I've really been disappointed in my own reaction. To these to these events. I mean, I really
2: What what do you think I mean what, how should you have reacted? I don't know. I don't know. More
1: like these Olympians that I've been watching. More like yeah. do you think more like getting don't... knocked down and getting back up. I just surprised how long it's taken me to get back up again after being knocked down. I'm not pro well, What of do it.
2: you think these athletes do when they get home? What do you mean? They lay in the corner and cry their eyes out. Like Oh. You know, it just it like everybody has to grieve, and no. and and like we all get it. I mean, it's you know.
1: I just didn't think it would take this long, and it, and it's still not over. But this is a step towards towards doing it. Mm-hmm. I, I I couldn't even go to the meeting today. I couldn't even go to Chicago midwinter. I just didn't want to. I didn't want to go to that thing that you talked about earlier. I don't. I'm embarrassed to be around Dennis right now. I mean, it's just like. I don't know. I mean, I almost felt like when I was let go that I was going to be damaged goods, and that no one else was going to like, like what happened there. But everybody in the corporate world gets it. They're like, that happens all the time. Yeah. Right. What one company takes
2: over another company, and the the management well, team and the yeah. senior executives aren't part of it, so they get let go, and it's just like. In your initial text to me after it happened, your your exact words were, "It's turning out that this merger was much more of an acquisition." <laughs> well, and so it was one hundred percent. And you said that was the tip of the spear. When Sloven and Augins go, it's like then it the whole picture clicks in for everybody. You're not tainted goods at that point. You're right. Yeah. A victim of yeah, totally. corporate merger. I didn't
1: didn't have to expect I thought I had was where I was going to be. Well, you don't expect it. to have to kinda of like reinvent and start over again in if your fifties. You, you
0: couldn't have you couldn't have literally written the the textbook on the job that you wanted any better than that. Right. And so you're thinking to yourself there's you know there's probably never going to be something like this again because this is this is like a once in a lifetime thing I get it, I mean, right. it was, I mean it's i don't i I disagree that maybe there's maybe there is something out like else out there, but I understand why it was you know soul crushing and the when you talk about identity it makes perfect sense because literally you you went to that and that was that was the pinnacle that was it you know right I get it
1: it was, and now that company that I fell i mean Sorona doesn't even exist anymore, mm-hmm. you know it's not even like and that and it's not like, well, there's nine other. Isn't there a lot of opportunities like that at other companies? It's like, no, this was a company no that one does a meeting. Yeah. Like nobody do does right. things like they, like they did with that kind of flair. And nobody would even put and such you know a what? premium to hire somebody right. full time. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to gonna do, do it any.
2: I mean, I think we all kind of know that the days of that kind of meeting are done.
1: Well, we didn't, they didn't rent out Chicago, they didn't rent no, out House of Blues, Blues right. for that party like they used to do. And the sort every of
2: rumor year. through the grapevine is that Orlando is going to be the last one. Oh, is it really? I mean, that's that's sole conjecture right. that I've heard from, through the grapevine, who knows what I degree information. I could see it really toned down to a much more mm-hmm. clinical kind Does of thing. Does that meeting need to happen every year? What made the CEREC meeting? Because it was not every year. It was an event that happened every... Five years at one point, and then two and a half years. Two and a half years because it was a new product
1: to sell. Yeah, <laughs> And, then, uh, so the and then every year. It's the
2: name ever, Circ 27
1: and a half. <laughs> But the demand, you know, the first year when it was in Orlando, attendance went down because it was a new location, and it was every year. Uh, but then attendance was back up again this year. I, I think there is still a place that exists for a meeting like that, but corporations... Um, Densply, Danaher, who owns you know Kavo Kerr, mm-hmm. they all they want to do is not be in the news, you know, for anything like they don't want Michael Moore showing up and showing doctors having a great time while Richard Branson and Jerry Seinfeld yeah, or and John Republic Oliver are, doing are playing it, they, or yeah, yeah or, or whoever, and it's just about not having um, problems like that, and so it's not worth taking the risk to put on something like that. So it had to be kind of this small. Little company like Serona who was who was willing to do it, but so it's 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 gone. But I'm I'm really happy that both of you guys got a chance to you know participate with it in in one way um, or another.
2: And um, neither Alan and I or I were great um, consumers of that meeting. No, no. You went to Will Smith, I think. I didn't. You didn't. I, I, I went did. to Simon Sinek. That was the only entertainment. I went to Simon that went. Sinek. That's the only one. too. Um, I didn't go to any of the other ones. He was great, by the yeah. way. He was he was uh, awesome. He was, he was really I heard good. the
0: other ones were really good too. I just but, like, yeah, and everybody
2: seemed to it. enjoy everything. But but really, by Friday, I had my breakout session, and, and that was another thing. Was Thursday afternoon, my breakout session was a room of 400 that had 650 people in it. Mm-hmm.
1: Remember, I asked you if you wanted the 400 or the 800. Yeah. Remember before we couldn't decide which one to do, and, I was and like, you oh, said let's Josh. put them in the smaller one. Well, and, I just, I just don't trust Dennis when it comes to social yeah. media. I didn't want to yeah. put you in an 800 room and have 600 yeah. people in like there. I, I'd rather put you, have it bursting at the That's seams. That's how it was. Because you'd already been in front of 7,000 people. What I mm-hmm. didn't want was something kind of empty. Out. Like last time, in right. Orlando, yeah. when you got stuck with a slot yeah. on Saturday. Saturday, or Saturday. Whatever. Yeah. Right, and it was like, yeah. I don't even remember. It was like, probably 250 or something. Yeah, like in that a room right. of... For, 400, 400 or something yeah. like that it i think like my a, room was
0: my room had 50 there are 22 but what was interesting about my audience is i knew everyone by first and last name <laughs> everyone there was people it was I all knew, yeah and yeah, know so yeah, either that or it was just people and so you know you had the about,
2: perfect slot though you had the hangover slot yeah the these, saturday these, these, morning saturday
0: morning anyone who's really exactly <laughs> yeah. and, and we laughed anybody who really too. needed it yeah the, the, no, you
2: it know this there. year last year in Orlando, there was somebody to introduce all of us, right. somebody from some Dentsply sales rep or whatever. This year it was made clear you're going to introduce yourself. Mm-hmm. And so here we are. I'm kind of on in this emotional roller coaster, um, and it's an hour or two, or I don't know, three hours after the, the main stage thing. And I literally have this room that's got 600 people in it that should fit for And there's literally people sitting on the floor Every single spot is filled. There's people in the hallway, sitting on the floor in the hallway. I mean, it was the most unreal thing ever. And, and like, how, what do you say to open that? Like, and it, it was, I kind of had to fight back tears a little bit because it was sort of like, this is an amazing moment and I should be enjoying it, but I'm not because I've got this like sort yeah. of weight yeah. on me. Yeah. Um, but then that that went really well and literally was in the room for like an hour after, and you'll love this, Fred Joyle was in the room before me, um, and so I'm walking in as he's finishing up, and he's cleaning up his Oreo cookies or whatever from whatever demonstration he does of mm-hmm. trying to get people to get the Oreo in their mouth without touching it. Never heard that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's quality content, Fred, quality. And this is after i had been on main stage, and I've had dinner with Fred Joyle, with you, albeit not alone, but with you. And uh, I walk up, and Fred says, how you doing, John? <laughs> Good. Thanks, Fred. Yeah. Great, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> How are you? How are the kids? Glad to see nothing has changed. Yeah, well, you saw,
1: you know, Josh was at that dinner that we were at, was at the year before uh, at Silver World in Orlando, where he saw me have a meltdown at the table. Of,
2: not a, a meltdown of joy. Of joy. Right.
1: Yeah, 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 Because When you were told that. When I was told how many people had signed up for that for next year's meeting mm-hmm. and how much had been done in sales, because there was a lot riding on this first meeting, sure. and um, I had made the decision not to sell stuff from the stage in the morning, they, you know, and I was terrified it wasn't going to work, and so I was just so nervous the whole time. And that's so I got the, and it was the right the,
0: decision, yeah.
1: Well, it yeah, because with the year before when I was hosting it but not really working there, we sold constantly thursday morning and people felt like it was being shoved down their throat sure um but that's when i was told what we were going to do that next year i got to do it and yeah you, i mean you could just so i was in tears at dinner literally i couldn't stop crying yeah. because it was just relief and, yeah. and you see it in the olympic athletes yeah sometimes where when they're, they're just done. crying yeah. and they're like you must be so happy and they're like you can tell they some of them want to go i'm no, I'm just relieved. I'm just run I just out. Yeah. yeah, 4 years leading up to this race and some of them say how happy they are, but other ones say just you can tell but it doesn't sound as good to ju- to say, no, I'm just relieved that I don't have to live w- with the shame of yeah. whatever it. Well, imagine Sean White,
0: Sean White fourth place last year, didn't medal year la- last time 4 years ago. Dude was gold medal 2 years, two times before that. Was fourth place last time, and then he got gold this year. Can you yeah. imagine what he's because he didn't like? take a big
2: enough bong rip? Yeah, four years ago. <laughs> clearly,
0: clearly that's the case. But, uh, you can't help but kind of love that
2: guy. But still, wow, what a oh, so let I me get it. So you said that that you taped some bits. You guys had recorded some bits for the meeting before you got relieved. What's the bit that you? Sort of like, what's the one that got away? What's the one that you had in the can that was going to get shown? That was going to kill? That you sort of think about and regret? And not ever? That no one will ever see it? Um,
1: the the Citibank commercials. If you guys remember that, the d- the double cash cards, where if if Dennis and Patience really said to each other what they yeah, were well, what, they, really what they were thinking. Yeah. Um, I really liked how um, how those turned out. There was just a bunch of stuff from the main stage and and just stuff that I had written. I haven't been able to go back and look at it. Yeah. Um, I haven't. I haven't I've would it ju- help I've anything just, to go back
2: and look at it? I mean, I don't, would it? I don't even know.
1: I've just gotten to the point where I can go back and look at two years ago now, and I've started to um, look at the pictures like me and Branson on stage mm-hmm. during the interview going... I think I'd like to blow this up and have a picture on my wall of this. Is that really vain? And Lindsay's like, "No, it's you yeah. doing your job and and having a, a great time and uh, I was like, yeah, it feels it feels kind of weird, but I can finally like go back to to two years ago and see some of that stuff or interviewing like there's a couple moments where it's a still shot, and I'm talking and Branson's cracking up. Or there's one of yeah. me and Mike Aruzioni at the national sales meeting, and that's for me. Those are moments right up there with like being on Adam's podcast, mm-hmm. which I've re-listened to once or twice to cheer myself
0: up. Mm-hmm. Um, you did really well on that one,
1: yeah. And to hear him laugh, you know, to to make Adam laugh is is one of the things that kind of soothes me. Like, okay, I'm I'm okay at doing this. Mm-hmm. I don't suck. I wasn't. Fired for performance-based reasons, but I've finally been able to go back and look at some of the older stuff and um, and go be glad. You know, be glad. Don't don't f- focus on the fact that it ended. Be glad that you got to do this for for a couple of years. That mm-hmm. you had your dream mm-hmm. this dream job for a couple of years, and even though it ended rather uh, unexpectedly on and kind of a kind of a bad note, and so I, I've been kind of able to look at those things again, but I haven't been able to go back. Uh, But I've been been able to work with another speaker, my cousin, who's just getting into speaking in the construction Mm -hmm. business. Um, He had a talk where he didn't really have any personal stories in it, and I was Mm -hmm. really able to... He's a guy who I really, really respect. This guy's... Lecturing about nailing schedules Stanford MBA. uh, On drywall? No, he's the Zen builder. Okay. He's the Zen builder, and he's kind of... a. He's a very Zen guy, uh, but they nicknamed him that while he was building a monastery uh, for these nuns down in San Diego. And so he's got this whole Zen philosophy about building, but he really couldn't get in touch with like personal stories. And being his cousin, I had some personal stories about him and helped develop these. And he was just blown away at at this ability that I've really worked on for twenty, twenty five years to to become a to find stories. In life, and hopefully shape them to to be able to communicate things, mm-hmm. and so it was it was fun. That really kind of helped me getting to work with him for this talk he gave uh, in January. But it's yeah, it's been it's just been tough for me to reach out to you. All you've been good about texting me, and other people have. I, I know you wanted to, and oh, I, it's a surprise to me. Lindsay didn't even tell me that you were reaching out to her, which she, is
2: good. I wouldn't want. To, I mean, it, th- that wasn't the point. No, I know. It was-
1: she, he, he recorded the last episode uh-huh. of the Accidental Geniuses podcast, and she said, should I post it? I was like, fuck no.
2: And, um, Which, looking back on, you know, we always pick a song, and the song that I picked was... Uh, I finally listened to it. Yeah, yeah. it was uh, whatever, the Green Day, like I hope you had the Good of your life yeah. or whatever, and right. I was like, fuck, that was hacky. I come but I don't with think it, it ever got put up. No, it never got put right. up. I don't <laughs> think it ever got put up,
1: because I was just in no no place to yeah. kind of do it. So I don't know. I mean, I just have not been... I mean, this just, this really rocked me. You know, this rocked Mm -hmm. me more even than my mom's death. Mm -hmm.
2: Did we ever talk about that on the podcast? In passing a few times. In passing a few
1: times. I had this rocky relationship with with my mother kind of Mm -hmm. my whole life. Going back to when I was a kid, I can even remember it. And my aunts, um, two of my aunts, my dad's sisters, have told me about things that I don't even remember, mm-hmm. you know, with with my mom being kind of abusive towards me. I, I honestly don't have any memories before the age of 10. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, unless I've seen it in a picture, I can't, which feels like a memory, but it's not. It's memorizing no, like it. a picture of the first yeah. day of school. And um, when she was dying, uh, like three years ago, she was diagnosed with uh, multiple myeloma. Mm-hmm. Good state board question. Yeah. And um, I, I went to the hospital to try to make up with her and uh and she refused to see me and uh a priest came in and said is there anybody who you need to patch things up with you know before you go and she's like no i'm good you know or whatever she said and i pleaded with my dad please let me go up you know please can i see her and make this okay and it was like no she doesn't want to see you and um so that kind of rejection and abandonment that had been there a lot sure, in my yeah. life from her, yeah. that happened three years ago. And I never really dealt with that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, I was like, okay, whatever. And I just kind of buried it and put it away. And that all came up with this too. Sure. Because this was just so much easier and in my face. And this thing that I loved was was taken from me without any input and just suddenly. And so it, it, it ended up being about a lot more um, than just that event.
2: Why did it take you so long to get back to your therapist?
1: Because I love being miserable, I think. I mean, I just... I, I get it. You know, it's just kind of like, um, I don't know why. I don't know why, because now now every time I see her, she's like, uh, okay, should we schedule one for next week? Like, what do you think? <laughs> what, what, what do you yeah. think? No, you think, I'm? Fi- oh, am I fixed? Yeah, now we're yeah. done. Of yeah, course. Yeah. I go, we're going to do this in perpetuity. She goes, well, I just have to ask. You know, you can't you can't assume but i I always feel so much better so i don't know i don't know why it's just like um there's a term in recovery you know the ten pound phone yeah about calling your sponsor and all the people who can't pick up the phone to call their sponsor the people i should have reached out to you know my friends for for comfort in that time but i just turned inwards and and hid and I sit alone in the. I've been sitting just alone in the house. I should have learned a second language. I should have learned to curl. This would have been yeah. a perfect time for me to Seriously, go somewhere and a learn to stuff. curl. Yeah. Club. Yeah. I should have done all kinds of things instead of just sit there and take some meetings and like feel. I don't know. I've been really dis. I've, I've been disappointed in my reaction, but um, I know that coming through this. That this is the path I was supposed to walk mm-hmm. to be able to whether it 's share with my kids or share with whatever about this bottom in my life mm-hmm. and and how I recovered and what I did right and what i did what I did wrong but i i, I do believe that five years from now i'm going to be doing something hopefully sooner but it, but I, at some point i 'll be able to recognize that i 'm doing something. Maybe more – that might have been the most fun job I could have had, but I think I'll be doing something maybe more significant. Mm-hmm. Not that there's anything wrong with just entertaining, but, um, I mean, it's weird to spend a whole year kind of preparing for a meeting where you can really only – it's hard to write stuff right. in October for next September, sure. comedy right. stuff. It's just right. just like, well, you just we'll don't do know this. what's going to happen. Yeah, right. exactly. So, um, mm-hmm. But thanks to both you guys for
2: um, – I mean – for being there and... In... The point of the letter, I think part of it was catharsis for me to try to get some out and, and and just put my feeling, articulate my feelings out. But part of it was also to you to let you know that I understand that you might have some trepidation about contacting me again because of embarrassment or whatever. And to let you know that that's not... I'm not here to make you wallow in that. I'm not here to... I, I'm here to support you and help you in any way I can. And I'm always going to be here for right. you. Right. Um, and so, you know, I, I don't know. I kind of figured cause it was, it was, I sent that, if I remember correctly, that flight was on like November 30th or December 1st or something. And then I probably didn't send it till the next week. Um, so it was probably December 7th, 8th or whatever, 10th before you got it. Um, and I really kind of just figured like, if I don't hear back from this, I probably won't ever hear anything. And maybe I'll bump into you at a Yankee dental Congress or something and, do I say hi do I not say hi you know who knows and and um you know I, I think at that point I just kind of thought well you know nothing's
1: I got handed to him he never gave happen. up you know he, he texted me last Thursday with this picture you know Just cuz was... I
2: saw this this photo and I just I laughed so hard at it and I am not going to disclose what the photo it wasn't right. nasty but it was just something that right. only you would understand Right yeah it was a very, but I think a very inside joke about it I never says. really
0: asked Mike about it because I didn't want to. I mean, Mike was answering texts, so I didn't want to. I didn't want to push anything and not have him answer texts anymore. But you struggled with should I, should I contact him, should I mm-hmm. for for months, I mean, for months and months, right. you know, and you would and you was would throw it past me, and I never quite knew what to say either. Because the other thing is, I was texting with Mike yeah. and wasn't telling you because right. I'm like anyway, you know, yeah, no, I get it. But but after a while, I'm like, okay, I, I'm not going to push josh on mike right now because mike is answering my text right so i'm right. just gonna I like, get it and and he seemed actually that wasn't your spot no i know right. exactly it's like i know you guys did well enough but not so much right. but i also know you josh struggled i mean there was right.
2: there was the three people and i only mentioned one earlier andrea alan was one right and the the third was aaron elliott mm-hmm. aaron is the only other one that understood that meeting and sarah not the same way and cliff not the same way mm-hmm. it, it was aaron and i who had relationships with you right um and and it, it, the, that, those were my three people that i confided in and mm-hmm. and to the point of even last week aaron sent me some kind of message or says, have you heard anything from mike like mm-hmm. no of you no okay and it was it was sort of like we kind of commiserated with each other um, because it really was it was like like you you know you mentioned sort of the feeling of losing a family It was like we lost a friend. it was like right. it was like you died um and that it, it it was hard it was hard because I felt like I felt like you felt that I stepped over your dead body to get there, and that that was never what my intention the was the whole
0: time you were like, if I had bailed, would it have made this better that you yeah. asked yourself that right. a lot of times, yeah. maybe not in those specific right. words, but like if I had backed out, would it have made it better, and I know you struggled at the time. Would what, it have? what use? What? No, okay. no. I
1: mean that's the thing. I mean maybe at the time, I would have. Maybe at the time, I would have said, uh, "Thank, thank you, Josh." You know, I didn't want to say anything before, but thank you and thank you. And we probably would have been talking this whole time, but in retrospect, I don't ever want to rob you of the sound of making thousands of people laugh. Because it's some of the highest moments in my life. It's the reason why losing that job was so devastating. Right. I thought I was going to get to do that every year for the rest of my life. And there's just nothing for somebody who likes to entertain. There's nothing more captivating than having a group like that kind of, you know, eating out of mm-hmm. your eating out of your hands. I mean it's just it's it's incredible. Mm-hmm. I mean it's just it's an amazing feeling to be able to command their attention. It doesn't have to just be comedy; it could be any kind of way as a speaker mm-hmm. that you're you're moving people. But I'm really glad that you got that experience, and I'm I'm proud of it because it's I helped to create that. Even though
2: you did, it, I mean, you, it wasn't your there. fingerprints were all over it, and and you know it was my material, but you helped shape it, and you helped me find a few moments that I wouldn't have found otherwise, and and you. Helped craft that, and and your fingerprints were all over that man, and and so much so that I did a very similar sort of TED talk kind of deal at this year's Seattle Study Club symposium, mm-hmm. and someone after who didn't know me came up and said, "Do you know Mike Datola? You sound a lot like Mike." And oh, really? I just had to laugh because mm-hmm. it was, yeah, I do. That's funny. I think I do. I don't, do <laughs> I, I, think,
1: I? I think. What I do know, I Mom. say? Right. I don't know. I'm not quite sure. I used to know him when he was talking to people. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I, uh, I, I, ap- ap- you know, yeah. I mean, I, I apologize. Yeah. I, I know it's, I know I don't need to tell you that we already told you, told each other th- that we, um, that we love each other. But um, yeah, I, I, you know, you, sh- th- there didn't need to be collateral damage done. Um, to people around me And to me it wasn't even like you were stepping over my dead body It was like you were stepping over my live body <laughs> dead While body. you were bleeding <laughs> While I was uh, Yeah, while I was bleeding But it was just not a um, It wasn't that kind of tr- and And had I been in that position I would have spoken at that meeting too You know, there was kind of a poignant line In Josh's letter I didn't remember the last one But I do remember a line in Josh's letter About what a high it was to be up there on stage and to speak and then to have this breakout room where it can't even fit all the people who who want to fit in there and see it. And if it had been an 800 room, it still probably you know would have been mm-hmm. would full just from being on the main stage and performing so well. And um, he said, and then I, you know, such a high and then I got home and the days have gone on and everything changed, but nothing changed. Mm-hmm. It was this great high, and now nothing's changed except I lost my best friend, mm-hmm. and um, it was just really poignant of this recurring theme in my life of if I just get this house, I'll be happy. Right. Yeah. If I could just get this dream job, I'll be happy. If I just and so that's probably part of it is losing this thing that you thought was going to complete it was the thing, this yeah. thing inside yeah. you, and. Um, and it was so funny because when I went back to my therapist, the first time I saw her when I went in there, I told her, I said, we've moved back to California. I'm I'm not there anymore. Um, she goes, was it, what happened? Was it stuff with Ingo? I was like, how do you know his name? And she goes, well, remember when you were working from home for a year, you were already starting to complain about this, 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 and this. And so there was slowly this realization that, oh, it wasn't... This dream job. Yeah. There were things about it where sure. I felt like I was, you know, not where, where decisions were being made kind of without me. It was different once I moved out there to an extent, but there is no, you, you know, know, dream job. job. And you, Yeah. Right. And it wasn't like I was in this... I still hadn't dealed with all my mom stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, and that all happened before I went out there. And there was still something inside of me, this aching for that, some sort of Completeness with her, mm-hmm. and as much as you want to tell yourself, oh, "fuck her," I, when it's a parent, sure. I just don't yeah, think. No, it's not that easy. Yeah. And as my therapist brought up, she's like, "Oh, this is great. This is great. You just you just disappear from Josh's life. Isn't that what happened with his father?" I was like, "Oh, fuck." <laughs> So she's, she takes such good notes and everything that I've ever Jesus. said in there about
2: everything. She's on top of... God, if I only did clinical notes that way. Yeah, no, really. exactly. Applied a little bit of extra etch on the distal buccal cusp of yeah. number 15 on yeah. that one patient on June 22nd. Um,
1: I want you to watch um, Three Mics. Okay. It's Three Mics, M-I-C-S. It's a comedy special by Neil Brennan. And it's about my favorite thing in the world. What he does in Three Microphones, it's his stand-up special. So one mic is for one-liners that don't fit in anywhere else. There's not like a whole bit around it. And then one mic's for stand-up comedy. And then one mic's for personal stuff. Mm-hmm. And he goes into his depression and talks all about how he's tried to treat it over the years. And um, and then his other big story is about his awful relationship with his dad. And uh, I just can't hear that enough times because there's something beautiful about... Having this pain inside of you, it's really difficult to articulate. Mm-hmm. And to hear somebody put words, even though it's their words and their situation, to hear, it's such a relief to hear, and just the community of mm-hmm. somebody else who kind of feels this and went through this same thing where you don't feel like, you know, I'm honestly jealous of Josh that his dad died. You know, because it's like... It's, he right. never told I, you... I mean, I... I, I, no, right. I, I, I sure. say this
2: tongue-in-cheek. No, But, I but he never said, fuck you, I'm not going to see you on my deathbed. Right. 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 No, absolutely. I'm left with only a sort of... But you've got the same hole. It's so stupid right. for but me to just, say that. But it's different because I have a perfected vision. Yeah. I don't, right. I don't have... And so I have this perfected vision that I'm chasing. Right. And will always chase as long as I live. Whereas you have this sort of fractured relation. So... It's still, it's but it's both shit. ways. There's it's, a hole inside. It's right. It's it's that shit that affects that's our a other relationships. one direction or another, and right. it still sucks. But it's just it's the grass is greener. You'd mm. rather have my deal. You know, whatever. I mean, it's it's yours sucks. I don't want any part of that. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> but it's it's cathartic to hear
1: somebody, especially the comedian, being able to talk about it because comedians, you know, that that's why I love comedy and comedy podcasts so much. They're just really intelligent you know they spend a lot of time thinking about things and words and how to express it and and and, um and and so they're very well spoken and most of them have tend to you know look inside and you hear a lot of them with maybe the exception of jerry seinfeld the one happy one but a lot of other them a lot of them are
0: broken man yeah it's all for misery man yeah
1: that's what and neil brennan says that he said a good brain
2: and bad parenting go a long
1: way to making a good comedian.
2: A the good other thing comedian. is, is you know, we like you. You used to coach me all the time, and I would like I would make jokes to you that were mean, not at your experience, but kind of about dentistry or dentist or whatever. And you would say, "Dentists don't like mean jokes." Dentists don't like mean jokes. And but you kind of have personally one-on-one with me. You you would swing with some mean jokes, kind of back and forth. Um, and and those of us that like to make mean jokes or whatever, we also have this very kind of soft underbelly of sensitivity that even though we can say the meanest freaking things in the world and and expect to get laughs for it we also are super sensitive people right mm-hmm. and, and so that that kind of this has sort of brought that out in me that man i can, like online on these facebook groups and whatnot when people ask dumb questions and i make fun of them and start shit and start fights and all that kind of stuff as I have this sort of gruff asshole sort of mean persona. But underneath all that is like a guy who's messaging Alan the other day, last week that I'm trying to find a psychiatrist to go to, to yeah. talk about my yeah. shit. Cause yeah. I've had a shitty couple of weeks of four weeks of what I dark, feel like is yeah. dark subpart dentistry mm-hmm. and, problems in the practice and that's like yesterday like, yeah it was like it was still <laughs> that, like was, thursday or whatever yeah right? uh, we
0: both we both um, were having a couple of bad clinical days right. in a row and, you're and just like, Man, but you like to hang your hat on that and then you have a day like that and you're like oh my god i'm not even a good dentist for right crying out loud yeah. so
2: yeah no i think we all we all have that yeah. that sort of sensitivity underneath that despite the gruff sort of mean exterior that we've got these soft hearts that mm-hmm easily be broken right good talk russ it's been fun it's cathartic yeah definitely
1: well that's yeah that's uh for anybody who wondered uh i'm sure you know cnn's not running yeah anything the on the, lo- on the yet, lower third yeah, yet uh, you know yeah see and that's the thing is that you know nobody yeah that it, so nobody knew i was gone until you walked into that meeting and if you knew i was supposed to be there mm-hmm. and uh yeah, and then it's just like uh, erased from history, like it never happened. Kind of like the first uh, t-
2: ten years of my life. I mean, you, you <laughs> say it, but I, I'm telling you, at the meeting, it, it was not that. There were way. tons
0: of people that knew, but the other thing is, is that since there are only few of us that actually knew what was going on, right. and we didn't feel like I have to say, I don't. You and I both. We didn't know what we could say. Right. Like literally, we're like, right. we don't want to. You know, we don't. Which is stupid, which is really stupid. But the reality is, like, I, I don't know what's 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 out there, what's not out there. What's you know? I talked with lots of people, and but I, but not till after the the stuff started happening. You know, it's like I don't know. It was a you were missed. Yeah, definitely, definitely. You, you were missed
2: by a lot of people, and and I, I I am just really frankly stunned that your phone did not blow up. Yeah. At whatever nine a.m. on that Thursday September whatever. I just figured that when. David Temple walked out, your phone would immediately have gotten 250 or 350 messages. Yeah.
1: No, I I wish it would have. But I think, like Alan said, people didn't know what to what to say. Certainly if you
0: hadn't heard, you thought there was an explanation. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you hadn't heard, and you, you hadn't told a lot of people. I don't think a lot of people knew.
1: There was some things on Facebook that I saw in other places yeah. where, like, I saw people uh, doing it. But... Um, yeah, I wanted the whole group to walk out and protest. Yeah. The the, no, I the, get it. the attendees. I, get it. I wanted I get some it. spectacular kind Maybe of thing. Some and violence. then I come in and I go, Maybe No, yeah, violence. yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah. some violence or, yeah. Some, yeah. or something like that. But uh that would have been that would've made me feel like That'd have been gratifying.
0: Yeah. You still probably had to go through all this stuff either way though.
1: Probably. But that you know, that's the risk you take. One of the great things about being a dentist when you're working for yourself is that you probably won't get let go yeah. by you probably yeah. won't let yourself go. Yeah. And um, you know, so stepping into this corporate world there's always that Yes that possibility yes. that, that yes. happens or there, there there's an acquisition and it could happen with a move um that I make next. But um I am here to say that uh unless it sounds great to like have multiple months off in a row, but mm-hmm. unless you have a lot of friends like the same age who are retired probably, it's not Having a lot of time off is only fun when you're still working mm-hmm. and you can enjoy that mm-hmm. that time off. It hasn't been, you know, particularly. It hasn't felt like a sabbatical just because of all yeah everything else that's 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 gone. You look on.
2: about ten or fifteen pounds lighter than the last time I saw you. Is that right? You look lighter. You Are look you like serious? Right? Yeah. Oh, uh, I don't think so. Okay. I, don't th- I don't. I don't. I just figured you'd been cycling so much.
1: No, I just it when it didn't fill the hole inside yeah, of me right, when stopped. i didn't feel any better um then we moved back here and i just i didn't i haven't reached out to any of my friends personal friends by mm-hmm. the way mm-hmm. from southern california mm-hmm. who i kind of lost touch with when we moved out to charlotte i just don't want to um you don't want to have to tell them why you're back i don't want to have to tell them why i'm back I and I, and one of them I did reach that. out and we went to dinner and he was sitting there and he's like Dude, you got to stop feeling sorry for yourself. You, you got to stop. You know, you just got to stop complaining. Got to stop feeling sorry. And I, and I stopped him. I was like, "You think I, I don't want know to sound that, like right? a woman?" Both of our wives yeah, were there. Yeah. I was like, "I just want you to listen to me. I I, I yeah. just need to explain this to you." But it's not like um, I don't know what to say. It wasn't like um, it was my fault for 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 having so much of my identity wrapped up. I think in that in that job, in being in that kind of position where that. Could have happened, but I understand why it it um well why it would seem like that to people. Yeah. Like, uh well go get an, go get another, you know, job doing that or or whatever. But um so it was hard to explain, but I know you guys know. But so I haven't even really reached out
2: to How has Lindsay been?
1: Those friends either. Um, I remember the day I came home and told her I had been fired. Um, she did not jump up and down and start clapping, but she has been so much happier since we moved back to Newport oh, yeah.
0: Beach. I believe that.
1: Going going out to Charlotte was never, that was the biggest fight we ever had. Yeah. I accepted this Serona job um, without asking her if it was okay if we moved out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did the Serona job from Newport Beach from home for a year which I hate working from home, I've also learned. Mm-hmm. that It sounds like a great dream, doesn't uh, it, to be able to work from it. home? No, I don't I think it, it is. Yeah. It's awful. Yeah. So I have to go to Starbucks yeah. to get anything done. Yeah, yeah. And um, you see other people, you know, they're doing the same thing. But right, writing screenplays in yeah. California. As soon as we got back, um, she fell in with her old friends again, her old running group, and she's been really,
2: really happy. And mm-hmm. I've just kind of been – I've been – Is she, like, Andrew would get, after a little bit, Andrew would say, like, get your shit together, enough, whatever. Has she, have you had that moment with her? Never.
1: Okay. Never. She would never say that. Okay. And that's why we're, that's why we're together. (laughs) I'm the drama queen. Right. In this relationship, but she would never, she would never say that. That would be the exactly wrong thing to say to me. What the fuck are you talking about? Get your shit together. You think that's what's happening is I'm not getting my shit together. Yeah, no. That is and, – and I'm not saying this about Andrea, but that sounds to me like some – I don't know. I can't do that. That's not how yeah, – Right. that's not how I – I wish I could. Mm-hmm. And you can almost hear it in my voice. I'm saying I'm embarrassed with myself with how I've acted and how long it's taken me. Um I don't know. I've done Ironman races. I've done lots of things that people find difficult, difficult or impressive. And I think i've gotten my shit together when i 've needed to before to perform on stage and to do other stuff, but this isn't that mm-hmm. you know this is this isn't that it's like telling it, re- it really is to me akin to telling somebody "Get your shit are you still sad your son died?
0: yeah
1: <laughs> it's been three months yeah. get your shit together yeah and it 's like but, but but I took it so much more personally than it should have been, mm-hmm. and everybody's like, "Why are you taking it so personally?" It's like I don't know. Yeah, this is just I am. I don't know why I'm taking it so. If personally. you could tell yourself why, it would be a much yeah, easier problem to solve. You'd right. work through it right. exactly. Right. That's yeah. what the issue is. Yeah. And, and, and if I didn't take it so personally, I would not have been very good at that
0: job. Yeah, no, I mean, no that's very it, true. It's part of part of the job fit you so well, partly because of who you are, but it's also right. It's one of the. It's the risk of of you know it becoming you.
1: You you spend fifty three years finding something that really seems to fit your skill sets mm-hmm. well, mm-hmm. and then it's gone. You're like, yeah. oh, all right, well that now what? Yeah. So that's what. So I met today with you know somebody I've met with probably nine or ten different companies. I, I there's there's kind of one who's been like the Mike. Just show up and do your stuff. We know mm-hmm. what you can do. We mm-hmm. we like we, we we've seen everything that you've done at Glidewell and everything. Just come. Just do your stuff. We'll support you however we can, and that, and that's kind of the what I need. But I did my due diligence and went to talk to other mm-hmm. people as well. And Lindsay's like, "Well, do you want to practice again?" I'm like, "Uh, that was always just a little. Um, it wasn't quite satisfying enough. Mm-hmm. I always, you know, my favorite parts of doing dentistry were at Glidewell when there was other people in the room. Mm-hmm. Because dentistry as performance, I like if there's a camera on and I'm doing dentistry, I'm happy. Mm-hmm. If there's not a camera on. I'm not, it's not as fun. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not as, and you don't use everything that you film, but I do like that performance aspect mm-hmm. of it. It it makes it more interesting to me to, to be able to turn it into something that people might find valuable. And you go back and look at some of the Glidewell stuff, like if you go to the YouTube channel, the original Bruxer video we did on teeth number eight, nine, these two crowns, I looked the other day, it's got uh, 2.9 million views. Yeah, wow. It's <laughs> like, now obviously this isn't just in the US. Sure. This is international, but the fact that any dental video has that many, and there's several other that are, you know, one and a half million, eight hundred thousand, six hundred thousand. 800,000, 600,000. There's something there, and the rest of the world is starved mm-hmm. for kind of mm-hmm. common sense clinical mm-hmm. education, but that's the thing that turns out I, I really like, is I don't read the comments. It's like, I could care less, but mm-hmm. it's when people email you from like Iran mm-hmm. and say, um, I watch those videos. I do use that prep technique and it really, really changed things for me. Mm-hmm. Um, that is truly the gratifying part um, for me. And that was a little more fleeting at Serona because it was all just entertainment mm-hmm. and not really, you know, they had a great time, but you. They didn't say, "Hey, you really kind of you really kind of helped the way I was mm-hmm. practicing. I, I was struggling with stuff." So, hopefully, I can recreate something that looks like what we were doing
2: mm-hmm. um, at Glidewell somewhere, and uh, I think that'll be possible. You want to know something stupid? I wish I could announce it, but what? That's Go ahead. Um, I haven't since September. I haven't used the reverse cron prep technique.
1: <laughs> that's great.
2: <laughs> that is really it's, that's good. so stupid. But consciously or conscious? I mean, oh, I just like. No, this is Mike's. These- this isn't mine. Oh, out of anger? No, not out oh. of anger. Out. Oh, I of, thought you meant out of anger. No, out of out of. It's not right. Oh. This this is Mike's I'm, technique. I'm it's doing not a mine. dead man's prep. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it was just it was just sort of like I, I don't know. It's it oh, just funny. I just went back to my old way of doing it. You really
1: are. And when I told you about the mean jokes i don 't know alan i've when you try to Dentists are compassionate, obviously by and large, or we mm-hmm. wouldn't slave away in this tiny little dark hole mm-hmm. where we make our living. it sounds like you had a couple rough mm-hmm. clinical days recently mm-hmm. where yeah. it, it it's whether it 's things not turning out right or post operative sensitivity or angry patients or whatever it is it's um it's difficult and so like mean. Spirited jokes You know Anytime I've attempted them In the past They don't go over well With Dennis mm-hmm. It's not It goes over well With Gilbert Godfrey With a drunk crowd <laughs> Yeah A largely drunk crowd In a
2: Yeah 11 In PM a comedy on club a Friday night <laughs> But
1: not so much um, With Dennis And so I've always tried To steer Josh away From the things That um, makes the hair On the Back of the neck You know sure. Stand up um, a little bit but there is he, he one of the things I love about Josh is just how smarmy and opinionated that he is um, but I got a lot of that in my system back in the Jim Rome days yeah. <laughs> and I also see that as a younger part of me to go mm-hmm. on there and just rag mm-hmm. on NASCAR and rag on Mike and Irvine and Brad and Corona and just you know I'll try to tear these people apart and um, I kind of got that out of my system because it never made me feel any Better either, and it's so funny to hear Josh's depth of sensitivity. um, Just when I think that he's just only paying it lip service, that he can't bring himself to use the prep technique th- that I use for crowns because it's a it's a disservice it's to what. Yeah, because <laughs> exactly. he feels like it's he, you know, because it wouldn't be right after what he may or may not have have done to me by speaking mm-hmm. at at that meeting. So that's really just when i think that he's just paying lip service to how sensitive he is and not truly all that sensitive <laughs> then he brings something like that because that's yeah. actually th- that actually on a level is on a certain level that's actually almost deeper than than any than anything else in the sense that this affected him so much i mean okay so he sees something and it reminds me of me and him, or how it should have been, or where we were supposed to be. Or he sees this show and it reminds him of that. But now it's like he's changed the way that he preps teeth. <laughs> it's affected him that, and that's 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 really deep to me. That's not mm-hmm. just being reminded. It's easy to be reminded in a sense on TV and be sad about something because it brings up a feeling in you. But Jesus Christ. <laughs> I feel really bad now that you're going to prep a tooth and you're like having to pour out, take not, the three way yeah. syringe and pour out like a forty ounce, you know, in my memory, and then <laughs> and then not use an eight fifty six zero two five or a round bird. Well, now
0: you can. <laughs> see? Now you we'll can find it. out Stop. on Monday. Yeah.
1: <laughs> do I do I go back? I, I don't know. It's we'll awesome. see. Uh, you may not need it. <laughs> All I know is, is is what was uh We'll have to ask uh, my lab if, if yeah, they've there seen go. it uh <laughs> <laughs> increase in my remakes <laughs> if your re- remakes of six months. have gone up That's a lot. So. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you for hosting of this. Of course. Uh, of
0: course. Thanks for being on Therapy guys. Fest. Yeah. This was, a, this was uh this was this was a change of pace. It's all right though. So. Yeah,
1: I, I didn't know how much in the middle you were.
0: Yeah, and it I mean, trust me, I didn't suffer like you No, guys no, did. no, 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 no. <laughs>
1: I I I just didn't um yeah, I, I just, I didn't, I didn't ever put two and, yeah, two and two together that, um, that you're, no, I'm not saying that you suffered. I just didn't know that you were kind of hearing it on both sides and, and probably
0: wishing that there was something that. Just know, last week, be. I said, do you want me to say something to Mike? I really did. It was, it was like a week ago. Yeah. A week and a half It was ago, when I, so I told I you
2: saying. that stupid.
0: Yeah, nerdy Slytherin yeah. and yeah. Hufflepuff. Like, oh, I mean, I, and that's, I think, the first time I admitted to you that I texted with yeah. Mike a lot. And part of it was like, well, you but know. But what
2: was my first thing to you? Is Is he okay?
0: Yeah. That yeah. was the yeah. First yeah. Thing. And it yeah. was
2: like, no, I don't want you to jeopardize your relationship with Mike. Yeah. You know, don't.
0: It's weird because I, I didn't I consciously just know think about okay. it. But but I didn't consciously think about it. But I'm also like, I I don't know where they are with this. So I didn't need to. But uh,
2: We weren't really anywhere yeah. until yesterday. Yeah.
0: No I know i'm well, I'm glad Literally, that, we got I'm off the that, plane yeah. and
2: I turned off I turned on my phone after being on the plane and I turned in and I was like,
0: must have just about knock you out huh
2: Mike sent me a text, yeah, and she was like, "What yeah, what did it say and it was a response to the picture I sent him it wasn't anything yeah. you know it was and it was like I smiled and it was like for a second it was like what I enjoyed so much about our relationship was before was not. It, it was the little moments in the day when you would send me something funny that would make me laugh, or I would send you something funny that would make you laugh. Th- that was what mm-hmm. the best part of it was. It wasn't getting on stage at Dance Plaza in a world or wherever. It was though, and mm-hmm. to have that little feeling again for just a second, right? And and Andrew's like, "Don't respond right away. Like, don't be too needy. Like, yeah. wait a little." And so I waited a little bit, and then you asked me if I was in Chicago, and I said, "Yes, I am." And then that's when it was like, "All right, well, let's let's." get Alan on board and let's do our thing It's
0: funny because I you were you were on Tamiflu and I shook you down to see if you're coming or not so yeah
1: yeah yeah and I was I was I wasn't going to come otherwise because again I've just been in a cave trying not to Mm -hmm. interact with dental people and it sounds weird I guess but I've been in I've been in the dental industry between Glidewell and Serona long enough where I know a lot of people in the industry I realize you know just in private practice you don't Come in, you know, mm-hmm. contact with that many people. But. These
0: meetings are. These meetings are like just this this year, particularly, and, and some last year. These meetings are. I mean, there's just a lot of schmoozing. There's a lot of people. Right. There's a lot of. I mean, I get it. I totally get it. Like, how many
2: lectures have you done since September? <sighs> a lot of editing, Alan's going to have to yeah. do right here. I think you
0: uh... just had a stroke. I'm not. <laughs>
1: I can't remember when the California Dental Association Association meeting in San Francisco was. So I did two there, and then that one last week. So three in seven months? Yeah, and then I have one at my 30th dental school uh, reunion this next week, and there's a couple more um, scheduled. I've turned down a bunch. I've turned down a bunch because, uh, and this is part of, the problem was the loss of identity. Was mm-hmm. what I, I don't have a story to tell anymore. You know what? What it? What is my story to tell? It was when I was at GlideWell. There was a story to tell. I'm a dentist who practice in the largest lab in America. This is what I see. You know, in, in crown and bridge and the other things that come into the lab. And then it was like you know I'm I'm with this high tech company. We want to make dentistry same day. We're, we we introduce chairside zirconia. And then when that was gone, it was like well, what am I going to go talk about? I mean, I don't have a – I really had a loss of identity there too, and, and, I, and I've turned down a lot of them because I was like, I don't know what I'm I, – I need – and I'll start saying yes again. These are all ones that were previously sure. booked. I'll start yeah. saying yes again as soon as I accept a new position mm-hmm. and have another story to tell. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, it's like if you're not practicing dentistry, who wants to hear from you? Mm-hmm. I mean, what are you going to – Nobody –
2: no, there's a lot of guys that that don't practice dentistry and are still pounding the yeah, but that's yeah, not, but your credibility is that's based on having yeah, your credibility that's,
0: is based on having. I get it, I totally get it. So and I was
2: even removed from
1: that at Cerrone because I wasn't getting to do the clinical yeah, dentistry. I yeah. didn't have my license in North Carolina, and I didn't. They didn't want me doing any of that. They were. Mm-hmm. I was just being hired to host things. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, you know, the three. It, it, it would have been such a great opportunity to watch you grow as a CAD, as a clinician learning CAD CAM along with people who have recently bought a system yeah. or are thinking about buying a system. But their barrier is what is that growing period like, How that, that pain that I'm going to go through for my first 50 crowns mm-hmm. and to like have been like, hey, I'm going to go through this with you. I've never done this before. I've practiced strictly with a lab, and I'm going to go through it with you and document and grow with you. I think that would have been incredibly powerful we, and a great tool. So, we they, they, they wouldn't have, have the
0: control over it, though.
1: We have so many speakers, though. You know, with Sarek yeah. doctors and everything yeah. that's going on out there, because there's this whole stable of from super experienced guys to new guys to people who want to speak. That it's it's kind of it's kind of covered almost every mm-hmm. aspect of it. But they're not you. I don't right right. No, that that's. That's true. And, and they're actually,
2: not and they're not already on payroll.
1: Well, yeah, they're not already on payroll. But that's not really what I was right. hired to do. And it's easy to not want to have to do that if you don't have to if you don't have to do it. And if you don't feel like you're able to contribute in a way that other people can't, but um I think at this new job uh which whichever one it ends up being mm-hmm. at um either way I'll I'll be able to contribute that again and that I am going to contribute like that again and it will be in a way where it's I'm the one person kind of telling the story like I was from Glidewell and Mm -hmm. not I'm telling this story and oh by the way you know we have this outreach educational arm in Scottsdale where there's 50 people who have been doing it for a long time and doing it really well and Mm -hmm. are responsible for generating sales of the equipment as well it just it felt like uh, that it almost kind of wasn't needed I need to be a little more special than that. I, right. I want to the more the story
0: no one else is telling. So well, when you I mean I know you're not you, you don't have anything yet but man it would be interesting to hear like when you when you land and start doing it like there's a journey there too. I mean cuz clearly it'd be interesting to hear all the different sort of ways you could have gone. I I suggested and this I still think this would be a great podcast. And I you know if if Glidewells okay with I would love to hear you and James talk about how you kind of you guys kind of invented uh clinical video i would love to hear about that and i know that's not necessarily your new gig but it'd be a no no, cool. no and you said you're still you still talk with him a lot, i still yeah so I still talk with he's, him a he's a lot. fascinating dude you know and you guys would be that'd be a great podcast I yeah I, and he
1: actually said okay uh, i okay. i didn't realize that i hadn't gotten back to you and said we'd be we'd that'd be, be cool. happy to be great to get on there and, and um and do that and um yeah and that'll be I, i'm glad that's kind of all out of the way because whatever I do next is going to contain filming dentistry mm. like that as well. And I mm. feel like there's been a lot of hurdles that we already got over to kind yeah, of come totally. up with a, a, a formula that um, that works well for those kind of things. And I was always, you know, having James in the room constantly while I was doing dentistry was like having one of you guys in yeah. there. Yeah. I mean, how much more fun would dentistry be yeah. for you guys if I was standing there while you were doing yeah. it and we're just sitting we're there talking sure. yeah. <laughs> with a patient who probably
2: can't speak English that was... <laughs> Particular for Glidewell. but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I talked to James this week, actually. Did you really? Yeah, I w- reached out. I wanted, I wanted to basically uh, subcontract him for a little thing, a little idea I have, and shoot it at Glidewell, but not with any Gladwell logos or anything on it. And he's like, "Well, I don't know if Neil Parker is going to let us do that." I was like, "Well, you ask him on Monday and get back to me."
1: Oh, that's going to be a tough one.
2: Yeah. You wanted to shoot what? Uh, I,
1: tell I you, want I to have do. To kill you.
2: Yeah, no, I I can. I... Oh,
1: oh, oh, you don't have to tell me. if
2: it's... I want to do a John Oliver like vivisection of dental insurance. Me sitting at a desk with a green screen behind me, with a John Oliver like five minute monologue about why, if you're a patient, you shouldn't depend on your dental insurance because they are looking to screw you. Yeah, it's a, with I mean, a little it's a great cut idea. in stories about like the Aetna thing yeah. and how all claims get denied and yada yada yada, and how they haven't raised the maximum since 1955. And just all of that stuff.
1: And, and there's going to be graphics in the background that are funny, or it's just going to yes, be like Yeah, a, yeah, right. Oh, okay.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, the point is to try to write it as in the voice of a John Oliver esque kind of deal, which is going to take me two months to write it, but that's why I'm kind of floating it now. And I'm at the point where I'm done with my positions in different elected offices mm-hmm. of, in organized <laughs> dentistry that I can't, there's no one else to piss off. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's just an idea I've been kicking around for a while. Yeah, um, you could shoot that anywhere.
1: Yeah, You could but shoot that on a green. I know you James. You just need somebody... Yeah, yeah, <coughs> No, but I mean, you could shoot it at his house. Right. <coughs> or anywhere with... Right, with a green screen. <coughs> probably a green screen. I don't think you necessarily need right. the facilities there. But then
2: James to do the photoshopping for the yeah. images over the shoulder and right. all of that. So, I don't know. That'd be great. I, I know I could trust James. Right. You
1: could. And he would add funny to it. Absolutely. As he always, as he always did to our stuff, but... Um, yeah, he could add funny to it. So, yeah, I will. I will come back and kind of tell you about the nice. whole yeah. the process Good because journey, it's yeah. been an interesting look at companies, and it's it's you know it's one of the big kind of secrets, I guess, in dentistry. Although it's really not a secret; it's just not, and something probably most dentists don't care about. But is the world of private equity and how many dental companies that you don't think are owned by private equity that are owned by yeah. private equity and how often they trade hands. Yeah, Zest was just sold again, for example. And so companies where there's one bot and they bolt on this other little company and then another private equity group buys it and they hold it for three to five years yeah. put another company on and then sell it somewhere else. And all these things that are kind of switching around, just very few like family-owned businesses mm-hmm. – that 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 still kind of remain that, um, you know, there's like Glidewell where you have the founder there mm-hmm. and there's like Ultranet where Dan Fisher's still there and some other family-owned crews. But a lot of it's private equity and all these crazy machinations behind the, yeah, the scenes with valuing these and selling them. And uh, this whole, it's almost like Las Vegas. It's yeah. this, this whole crazy game of sort of legalized gambling mm-hmm. that takes place behind dentistry. And I find that absolutely fascinating and I've gotten into that world now as I start to look at these companies and they're like well here's what we can offer you this equity piece because our goal is to be able to sell it and you could make six or seven figures if you can build the sales this high and it happens to sell and so that's been like or do I want to do something more traditional where it's kind of more of flatline pay and you don't have to worry about that but there's not a lot of top end and so there's been some really interesting alternatives that have been presented where it's like wow um yeah it it all comes down to how risk averse you are what you and how much you believe you can influence what the dentist customers of this company are going to do and can you get them to use the company more or get them to try new products um because it was we never really measured it at GlideWell, and it's hard to tell exactly Mm -hmm. what that effect is so but thank you for hosting this we didn't have to Obviously, do it on the air, but it just seemed like it it'd be kind of fun to do it here. It for us, I think otherwise. it's a natural, yeah,
2: because of our our history with the geniuses, and... yeah.
1: Right. Well,
2: thanks, guys. F- you feel better to bore the bore the listeners? Yeah, up. For...
1: I, I felt better just coming over here. Yeah. Um. I mean, I felt better the day I read, you know, your letter uh, with my therapist because I knew when she said, "Well, you've waited so long; he may not want to." He may have moved on. I was like, yeah, John, do he... I don't think he's. I don't. I don't, I, I don't think he's not going to take my call. Yeah, you know, at this point, I think we had more more than that. Even though I've been, in, you know, a colossal ass. So yeah, I feel better. But I, I've already kind of started to feel better. But yeah, I, I absolutely am glad that, um, I can drop my shirt. I just realized, like two minutes ago, that part of my anger was not so much at you but that you got to speak at that meeting right, and yeah, I didn't yeah. even get to speak there. Right. It I get, was uh, I just realized I that that had... No, no yeah. it had never, right. I'm just saying it had never occurred to me that it was so much about the hurt that I was like, wait a minute, he got that... I never even got to see that crowd. I got to look out and, yeah. and and see that crowd. But no, I'm so happy that you got to do it and I hope you have a bunch of pictures of it because mm-hmm. it will be a moment that, hopefully be kind of in part because of this, that you'll be able to um, treasure and go, God, that was a... It mean, yes, it could have been more awesome if you would have standing right. there. Yeah, it would have been better hand with you. In hand
2: we afterwards. had a we had a little goof because at one point I mentioned Mr. Clean, mm-hmm. and we had a goof written where I was going to scream something like uh, "Don't get any ideas about your next Halloween costume, Mike," and you right. were going to come out afterwards dressed as Mr. Clean In a tight white T-shirt, which would have just been spectacular. Those super erotic ads from last year's Super
1: mm-hmm. Bowl, you remember that? Yeah, it was they're all good. Super, super good. sexual. Yeah gross <laughs> all right alan Mead experience listeners i apologize if no, you ever think, want to I go think, to a therapy session uh... no
0: i think i think this audience is going to really appreciate this so hey listen thanks guys for listening uh questions or comments email me to alan at the com. join the facebook group maybe we'll get maybe we'll get these guys to to join in there and uh if, if you want to join the facebook group the uh the password is premier i always forget to say that Um, and uh, we'll get you in and we'll talk about it so thank you guys for being on the show thanks for having us and uh, we'll talk to you guys again soon